your smartphones, get out your notepads, get out your Bibles, because we are about to start part nine of a series we're calling Help Me Mark. Now I'm running out of fingers to be able to say part 10. That's the last one. That's the only one I can do because that's all the fingers I have. We've been in this series for a long time, but I think it's intentional that we've been talking to people who have been marked by God. But a lot of times our situation and our circumstance does not line up with what God has said about us. And a lot of times in our life, our weeks do not look like our days do not look like the job we go to does not look like what God has said about us. Oh, am I the only one who doesn't who doesn't wake up every morning feeling marked? Some mornings I wake up feeling mad. Oh, oh OK. So some some mornings. There's just things in life and crap that just keeps happening. And you know God's called you and he saved you for a purpose. And that didn't take you out for a reason. But I don't feel like that every week. And I came to encourage somebody because this week I had a rough week preparing for this message. Now, I know all y'all think that I wake up every morning with a word. (laughs) That ain't true. (laughs) And you may think that every Sunday I want to preach. That ain't true. (laughs) This is something that I don't always want to do, but I know I'm called to it. I was marked for it. And so this week I had to press because I've been having some dumb stuff happen to me this week. I I don't know about you when them dumb weeks start happening. And then it makes you start questioning like other stuff that really doesn't matter. But 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 it's like a little thing happens and then you leave room for the enemy to start suggesting things to you. And I only know how to be one way is real. And so it was something very small that happened to me. I went to Miami and right before I left to go to Miami to preach, I got a brand new cell phone because on my cell phone, the camera cracked on it. And I like taking pictures of everything. And so I had an insurance. So I called them and it's like, yes, Mr. Todd, we'll send you a new phone. It's going to cost this much, but it's way less than what the phone um, actually costs. But this is your last time um, being able to use your insurance because I've had some other uh, tribulations with my phone before. <laughs> Judge me if you want to. And, um, and I was like, cool. It comes in the day before I'm about to get on the plane. And I was like, bet. I'm going to take it with me so that I can switch my stuff over while I'm on the trip. I never got around to it. But I had my phone the entire trip. And the day before we leave, I can't find my phone. Now, this usually wouldn't be a problem because you know on an iPhone there's a feature that says find my phone. The only problem is I hadn't put a SIM card in the new phone yet because I was still using my other phone. So this phone, Max X Plus to infinity and beyond, (laughs) is somewhere and I don't know where it is and we're about to get on a plane to come back to Tulsa. And I tried to go to bed that night with faith. You know how you're like, I ain't even going to worry about it. It's going to pop up tomorrow. The angels are going to deliver it to me before, before I'm going to go to sleep. And I woke up that morning. No phone. Got on the plane. No phone. And I don't know what happens to you when you lose money. But I get a pain like right in this area of my stomach. I don't want to eat. I'm frustrated at stuff that shouldn't be frustrating. And, and this was a little thing. But when I let my emotions in that little thing just be open just a little bit, the enemy started whispering. 
said, maybe you aren't supposed to be in Miami. Maybe you weren't supposed to minister here. Maybe you're not hearing from God anymore. Maybe you're not supposed to lead that church. Maybe you're not even supposed to be a pastor. It went from I lost my cell phone. No, I'm, I'm trying to tell you to maybe you don't need to preach ever again. And, and the reason I'm saying it like this, because this is what's happening in your life every day. It's like these little things keep coming at you and you know you're marked by God. But if we leave room for the enemy, you go from maybe I don't ever, ever want to have kids no more because they didn't eat their macaroni and cheese. Like, like, how do we get from I'm ready to cut my hair off because like, but it's the suggestion of the enemy that comes in to tell you that you're not marked. You, if, you, if you were really marked, you wouldn't be going through those troubles. If, if you really had the hand of God on your life and it really were anointing, your family wouldn't be as jacked up. But I came to encourage somebody. Because I made it to this service and that was the enemy's worst nightmare. To let me get up here and share from my authenticity. And so I had to spend a lot of time with God this week. Like I had to go deep. And I ended up reading a lot of the Bible this week. Because I know the Bible is the place where it's not a book that I just read. But it reads me. And it was something that started getting on the inside of me. And where I was feeling discouraged. And I didn't want to do it anymore. And things started happening. God said, I've given you the answers to everything you feel in, in my word. He said, matter of fact, the series you're in marked. I've done the same thing. I want you to read all of David's story. So I all read all of 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. I read all this stuff. And after God worked on me, he gave me a word for you. So, so I want you to go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 40. Because God told me, he said, Michael, I know you don't feel like it right now. But I've given you everything you need right when you need it. To do what I've called you to do. Say God this don't feel like I have everything I need. I'm losing, I've lost my iPhone. I don't have the leadership that I need to be able to run this organization. I don't have the education to do this, that, and the third. I don't know how. And I'm running down the list of all the things that I don't have. And God said to me again, like I say to you, I've given you everything you need to do everything that you need to do at the time you need to do it. And I just came to tell some marked people in here, this is what God did for David. I got stuck on this passage of scripture and we're going to be stuck here for the next 30 minutes. Okay. I want you to see this first Samuel chapter 17, verse 40. It said he picked up five smooth stones. This is David about to go fight a giant. He's marked. The entire army don't want nothing to do with it. He had to convince the king, hey, let me go fight him. He was like, go ahead, do it. But let me give you my armor. And he put on the armor, took a couple of steps and said, I don't fit this. And so he said, I got to be authentically who God's created me to be because my anointing is in my authenticity. And he walks up and he goes to a stream, bends down, picks up five smooth stones from the stream and puts them into his shoulder bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Now, most of y'all be like, okay, where's the revelation in that, Pastor Mike? I'm about to show you. <laughs> I've been in many areas in my life where I felt underprepared for what was in front of me. Kind of how I felt this week. But 
What ended up happening is David is about to go face this giant, but he's going to face them without the proper weapons that need to be with him to be able to take out a giant. And as I begin to look at David's entire life, God gave him tools throughout his whole life that would give him influence and the ability to win battles. See, at the beginning of David's story, his father gave him a staff. And this staff was the first tool he had of leadership that he would stand out in a field with a bunch of sheep when parties were even going on. And he was faithful to be who, where he was supposed to be with what he was supposed to do with the tool God placed in his hand. And then in a different season in his life, he picked up a guitar or a harp or a stringed instrument. And it was crazy that right when he needed to be in that place to write songs and develop his craft, then we read songs of psalms like, um, as the deer panted for the water. Yeah. Oh, my soul longeth after the David wrote that stuff. While he was in a different season when nobody was looking and he was using the tool that God placed in his hand. And then he comes up to Goliath and he picks up another tool, a slingshot. And now this looks like something that would just be a hobby for him. Like, why in the world are you facing a giant with a slingshot? But obviously he knows something that we don't know. He learned some skills when nobody was looking that he knew that God could use in front of everybody. And because he used the slingshot properly, he then became a man of war and he got a new tool. His slingshot turned into a sword. And the Bible tells us that David led men's thousands of men into battle and they won tons of victory for the nation. And this sword would ultimately turn into this crown and he would be in his purpose spot but most of us want this crown without touching any of these other tools oh come on let's be honest today if we could just skip the process and put on the crown but what I found out is that David was told by God in the season he was in for what he was about to face. When he comes up and he's about to fight Goliath, he didn't need the crown at that moment. The Bible says, look at it. It says then armed. Now, I looked up the word armed and the armed word means to be equipped with. Ready to defend. Let me use a more urban term. He said he was strapped. Y'all know if somebody comes in like, bro, what you want to do? I'm strapped, bro. What you like? Now, I was good with it until he told me what David was armed with. He said he was armed with his shepherd's staff and his slingshot. Um. Quick, quick sidebar, God. <laughs> I'm about to go against Goliath. Don't you feel like I need some other weapons to be able to face this giant in front of me? No. Because I've armed you with where and what I've been preparing you for this entire time. Yeah. Yeah. See, what happened is 
When you were a shepherd, the reason it's built like this is because you'd be in the pasture for a long time. And, and what you would do is you'd be standing a lot. And so they built this so you could be able to lean your weight on this piece of wood. And as I begin to study this and I begin to look at how David would would have this shepherd's staff and he was standing on it. Obviously, everybody that was looking at him about to go against Goliath thought he was crazy. Just think about it. What up, bro? I'm ready to take you out. Yes, you. What you want? And the whole children of the Israel army is like, what is this dude? He is on that good stuff because he has lost his mind. He doesn't even have what's necessary to fight the battle. But the Bible says he was armed. What happens when what's in your hand may be the very thing that God's going to use to bring down the giant? Let me help you write this point down. When you're marked, what you have now is your weapon. Yeah, what you have now is your weapon. Pastor Mike, I don't got nothing. Yeah, you do. There is something that God has placed on the inside of every person in this room. But the problem is you don't you don't have the right perspective on it. You think it's nothing. You think it's the thing I've been doing since I was young. And that one thing I picked up a long time ago. And God's saying, no, 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 no. You need to look at it right. That is your weapon. I armed you with that personality. you with that ability to organize all your friends are saying oh she just OCD no baby that's my weapon Ah! you better hear what I'm saying in this place that there are many of you that have been looking at what God has placed in your hands and you're discounting it because everybody else is not celebrating what is in your hand but God is calling what is in your hand right now he said that is your weapon and you are armed write down the title of my message I forgot to give it to you I'm armed and dangerous somebody needs to say I'm armed and dangerous See, a lot of y'all, y'all came in here and it's like, no, that's just, uh, you know, I just, I just, I just have the natural ability to, to write words on paper. I just journal. And God said, why, why are you acting like that ain't nothing? That's your weapon. There, there are things that I'm going to give you that you're going to be able to articulate situations and stories and things for the world to be able to read. And you're looking past what I placed in your hand right now and wishing you had what they had and wishing you were where they were. And God says, I need you to step towards that giant knowing that you are armed and dangerous. Do you know how foolish David looked to everybody else? But his confidence was not in what he had in his hands. It was his confidence in who he was walking with. And until you start looking at what's in your hands as worth it, you'll always be looking for the next season so that you can get something else to maybe I can do this. Maybe I'll be. But that's our perspective, especially in Western culture anyway. Because right now, how many people like shopping in that room? How many people? Come on, just lift your hands. You like clothes and all that other stuff. All right, amen. We're a hot church. Some of y'all was lying right there. It's like, you don't even know. I got stuff in the trunk. <laughs> like, okay. The crazy thing about it is every day you go to your closet and you pass by things that are amazing. And, and, and the problem is you stopped looking at it 
in the same way you once looked at it when you bought it. So I could go to your closet right now, take good stuff out of your closet, take it to the store and you would rebuy it. Because when it's been so close, you lost the value of it. You stopped looking at this is a gift. This is something that's innate. This is something that's natural in me. And if it's under shiny lights and they charge me and tell me it's on sale, I already owned it. But I'll pay again for something that's already in my hand. And David walked into confidence to know that, you know what, what I have in my hands is able to take out any giant God lets come in front of me. So today I, I want you to write your own um, scripture according to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17 and, and 40, because it said, then David armed with only blank and blank started. Everybody say started. So many of marked people are frozen at the starting line because they don't feel like they have what they need in their hands to complete what God's placed in their heart. And, and this, I, I want you to do this. This is very practical today, but I need you to fill these blanks in. On the count of three, I want you to say your name because I need you to know this is for you, okay? Then one, two, three. Yeah. Say your name like you mean it. Yeah. Then... Whatever your name is, I'm going to put my name in there, Michael, armed only with a good personality and a big mouth. Oh, you're laughing because you thought it was worthless. And in elementary school, yeah, I got sent to the principal's office every day. And my butt has a mark on it. But armed only with, I don't have a doctorate degree. I don't have nobody co-signing everything I do. But Michael, armed with only his personality and a big mouth, started a movement of people that would follow God and represent. Oh, y'all better hear me in here. You don't have to have what you think you need to do what God has placed in front of you. David stepped towards Goliath armed with a staff and a slingshot. And my question to you is, what do you need to reevaluate in your life that you've been saying that's not enough? And God said, that's your weapon. Yeah. Look, look, some of y'all need to write it. I was talking to my barber who's in this service. His name is A.G. And, and I was like, A.G., this applies to you, too, because A.G., his family came from a different country and they struggled when he was younger. And, and, I, and but A.G. is marked by God. And he cuts my hair every Sunday and we have all these type of conversations about how good God is and, and where he came from and how far I've come. And, and I put his name in here. I said, then A.G., armed only with a work ethic and some clippers, started a small business that's touching the entire city of Tulsa right now. No, no, no. Now, the crazy thing about it is he might not know this, but everywhere I go, people ask me two questions. Where's Pastor Natalie? It's the first question they asked me. And the second question they asked me is, who cuts your hair? See, what he started with what was in his hands has now become something that people are searching him out for. And some of us are waiting for somebody to search us out and God's saying, no, 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 no. You got to step towards it with what is in your hand right now. 
A girl named Sarah, armed only with a story in a living room, started a small group that's changing people's lives. A man named Tyler, armed only with a minimum wage job and a good personality, started inviting people to church and people are getting saved. There was a woman in 1980 named Candy Leitner, armed only with the grief from losing her daughter when she got hit by a drunk driver. And the kitchen table. She started an organization called MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And it has now saved thousands of young people's life because she did not look at what was in her hand as a disadvantage, but she was armed and There was a man named Gary McIntosh who armed only with a vision and a converted grocery store that you sit in today started transformation. Like, like, I want you to see that until you can step towards giants with what God's already placed in your hands, you will always be living below what God has called you to. And this is why I'm trying to let everybody know as we stand here today that you don't need a lot. See, the problem is a lot of y'all don't like small things. You want big things. You want everybody to see who you are and how God has blown you up. But what you got to know is that God is attracted to small things. Like, 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 do y'all know what the Bible says in Zechariah 4 and 10? He says, do not despise these small beginnings. Don't despise you sitting with your sketch pad and having time right now. Don't despise you doing your friend's hair and, 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 and putting it on Instagram. Don't despise small beginning for the Lord himself rejoices to see the work. What? Begin. Like many of you are waiting on God and God saying, I just want you to take what's in your hands and start. Because as soon as you pull up your pull out your laptop and write book. With no title on it. He starts being like, ah, yes, yes, yes. They don't even know what they're about to write, but I do. Come on. They don't even know who I have up the street that's going to connect them with everything that they need, but I do. And he rejoices over the start. That's why John the Baptist, armed with only passion and water, started a movement that would prepare the way for our Lord and Savior. All I need you to seriously do this week is evaluate what's in your hand right now. You don't need a crown, a guitar. You don't need a sword to fight the giants that's in front of you. You have everything that you need right now. Well, Pastor Mike, if I had more money, it would be easier. But then God wouldn't get the glory. What he's trying to do right now is he's trying to use the insufficiencies of what's in your hand to show that he is sufficient. So if you will step in faith towards what God has called you to, everything you don't have, he comes in and brings and fills in all the gaps and you still win the victory. Do y'all know how dope it must have been? For David to be standing there with his staff, like, what you want, Goliath? Like, what? And then he picks up a smooth stone and a slingshot. Knocks him straight in the head. And he falls. But see, David's confidence was not in what was in his hand. It was in the God that called him to that spot in the first place. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you because some of y'all still looking at me, okay? First Samuel chapter 17, verse 46. Ah! 
Because some of y'all are going to get faith today to, I don't, well, I'm not even out of high school. That don't matter. Well, I don't, I didn't even get accepted to the college. That don't matter either. What's in your hand right now? David started talking trash to Goliath with not the right weapons. And God is saying, when you start talking trash to the mountains in front of you in faith, with not all the resources, some of y'all are in a marriage right now that looks like it's headed to divorce. And you're going to have to start speaking in faith. The thing that you do not see, you're going to have to speak it out of your mouth. See, because when, when you're looking at it, it don't look like I'm about to win. But what you know is that God's called you here and you got to say things. The only way you really know it's faith is if you can say it out loud and truly believe it. So some of y'all need to go back to your marriage and say this marriage will live and not die. And we are going to be a testimony of God's goodness. Some of y'all need to walk into your children's bedroom who are living any kind of way right now. And you need to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And my son or my daughter are going to know their worth and walk in purity and be an example of the glory of God. You got to speak it before you see it. And that's what David's going to do. With insufficient weapons. His confidence was in God. And look what he said in verse 46. Hey, Goliath. Yeah, you fool. <laughs> he think I'll play with him. He think I'll play with him. Let me tell you, if you're ever in a fight, just talk to yourself a little bit. They'll think you're a little crazier. And I'll give you an advantage. He think I'll play with him. Who he, who he think I am? Hey, he said, you. Today, the Lord will conquer you. And I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to cut off your head. (laughs) I'm going to cut his head off. Now, that seems very foolish. Because he's speaking this before he's make one move towards him. And he's speaking what's going to happen. Without... The proper weapons that everybody would have to to defeat a giant. Ah. But I need you to understand this. When you speak in faith over your situation, you do not have to have everything that you think you need to see the victory. Ah, Pastor Mike, you keep saying the same thing because some people are paralyzed right here. And they've been waiting for God to do something. And he said, I've given you everything you need. I've given you. And you're saying, well, it's not special. It don't got to be. It's authentically what's naturally you. There are things that you are gifted in. There are things that you notice before anybody else. There are things that you walk into a room and you bring into that room. God says, that's all you need to fight what's in front of you right now. And this is the beautiful thing. Because I'm looking at this picture. You know, I look at everything in a movie. David's talking trash. And he tells him, I'm going to cut your head off. And he doesn't have anything to cut his head off with. Now, what happens when God tells you to speak stuff out? Where you don't even have, like, he could have said, I'm going to hook your head. Or you know what I'm saying? Or I'm going like, to bop you on the head. But like, he literally says, I'm going to cut your head. And I know his friend's like, bro, like, take the last thing out, bro. You don't even have a like. Good, 
what happens in verse 50. David kills him. He kills him with the slingshot and the five smooth stones. It says, so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a. He was tri only, a triumphant with only a. Go back to our verse real quick. Because it says, then you armed with only a. See, it's the very thing that you're counting out that God's counting on. It's the, it's the very thing that you're like, this ain't nothing. I've been doing this since I was young and I've, I've always done that. Nobody's ever paid me to do that. It's that thing that God's saying, if you would just look at that, how I've gave, given it to you, that's the thing I'm counting on. And look what he says in verse 50. He said, with only a sling and a stone. And it reiterates, for he had no sword. He didn't have what he needed. Even at the moment that Goliath is dead, the giant's fallen. The marriage looks like it's going to succeed, but God tells you something else. He still didn't have in his hands what he needed. It said then David ran over to his opposition, Goliath. Oh, I love the Bible. And he pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. And David used what he won in the battle he was in. He used his own enemy's weapon to cut off his head. I'm trying to tell you that there are things that are going to happen only when you stay faithful to fight the battle that's in front of you now. And you'll speak life and you'll say this is going to happen. And at the moment you that giant falls out of that battle, you're going to win something. And it'll be the very weapon that you will need to cut off your enemy's head. What are you saying to me, Pastor Mike? When you are marked, write this point down. Today's warfare will produce tomorrow's weapons. Like, if you would just fight what's in front of you, stop worrying about where the next weapon is coming from. When you beat this giant, he's going to drop his sword. And then you're going to be able to walk over and pick it up victoriously and have the next thing you need. Do y'all understand from this point on, David no longer uses a slingshot to defeat enemies. The Bible said at this moment, he becomes a man of war and Saul puts him as captain over thousands. And now he will carry the sword that he did not make for himself. That was the trophy from the last battle he fought. God is saying to so many of you, you're so worried where the next thing's going to come from and where the next connection's going to come from. And if somebody's going to notice your gift and your talent and if somebody and God said, if you would just do what I asked you to do with what you got right where you are, when that giant falls, I'm going to present you with a trophy. It may be a connection. It may be a new house. It may be more money. It may be a prophetic word. It may be a new gift and a talent. But then that will be the thing that you need to defeat the next enemy you'll come up against and there are too many people trying to planning how they're how, trying to plan how they're going to get to their next weapon instead of fighting what God has placed in front of you today Pastor Mike why are you so passionate about this because without this he never gets to this but without this he never gets to this and without this he never gets to this and without this 
He never gets to any of it. So maybe the season that you're in right now is more important. Maybe how you treat what's in your hand right now. Well, I'm just watching kids. They bad too. I don't even. <laughs> but you, you, don't, you don't see what God has for you down the road. He may be calling you to birth a world changer that when you're dead and gone, we'll have the cure for something that'll change our world. But right now, you don't like watching these bad kids, but you know God called you to be there. And maybe if you would look at what God's placed in front of you a little more serious and see that if I handle this right, it'll qualify me for the next things that God has for me. And I will eventually get to the palace or the promise or my purpose that God has called me to. But too many of us aren't looking at what God's placed in our head and saying like David, I'm armed and I'm dangerous. Some of y'all gonna go into work on Monday with a different swag. Y'all didn't pay me no more money, but I'm armed <laughs> and I'm dangerous. Some of y'all are gonna walk into your next family reunion because you know what lives on the inside of you. And instead of dreading it, you're gonna say, God's gonna bring the right people in my family to talk to. And I'm gonna share authentically from the transformation that God's doing in my life. I'm gonna use this smile, even though I got a crooked tooth. And I'm gonna, oh, come on, y'all. And I'm gonna use what God's done. I'm armed and I'm dangerous. Until you think like that. You'll be standing around comparing your situation to other people talking about why wouldn't you do this for me, God? And he said, I've given you everything you need, but we got to look at it differently. So practically, Pastor Mike, what does that mean? Okay, today I'm going to get what I need tomorrow if I just stay focused. But what does that look like? Well, David, David's fighting a practical, real life, 10 foot giant. Okay. Tomorrow when you wake up, you're not going to have um, Shaq at your door trying to kill you. Okay? <laughs> Nobody in here. But there are other type of giants that you will face, like depression, comparison, anxiety. Okay? And so the Bible tells us about this in Ephesians chapter 6. In a different translation, it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. They're new giants. And they don't look like Goliath. But, but they're fighting you and beating you up like him. And, and I'm going to read it out of the message versions because I want you to just see what we're supposed to do spiritually to prepare ourselves to be able to take out the giants that are coming tomorrow. They're coming. But let me tell you, you have everything on the inside of you and you have the greater one with you that will allow you to defeat every giant and every enemy that you're facing right now. It says, and this about wraps it up, wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you to be strong. So take everything the master has set out for you. He's made some well-made weapons. Remember, we're talking about weapons right here. They're made of the best materials. And put them to use so you will be able to stand up against everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple hours. This is for keeps. It's a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. You thought you just work a job? You thought it was just you're trying to be a better person? This is life and death. And God wants you to win this war. So it says be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. So take all the help you can get. Every weapon. Everybody say every weapon. Take 
every weapon God has issued to you so that when it's all over, all of it but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet standing. Okay, Pastor Mike, I want to I be on my feet standing. I want to be able to fight these, these, these things that are coming at me. Where, where are my weapons? Where are the well-made weapons? Well, I, when I was reading this, it took me back to a video game. And I don't know how many people play video games. Some of y'all too religious to play video games. And, but I don't play them that much anymore. But back in the day, uh, I used to play this game called 007 Goldeneye on the Nintendo 64. And I know some of y'all, yeah, thank you, bro. I felt that. I felt your amen right here, bro. And some of y'all don't know nothing about this game. But, but, but double, 007 would give you this option to pick new weapons. And like, like when you went into certain levels, you needed certain weapons. Because when you had certain weapons, you were able to defend and, and, and be able to, to be offensive against your enemy. And so when I read this, it says these weapons, it says the first weapon you should put on when you wake up every morning is truth. I'm strapped with truth this morning. And the truth is that I was made by God. And no matter what anybody says outside of my circle, I am God's masterpiece. See, some of y'all, you walk out in here not armed with the truth. So when people speak things over you, you have to debate, is it real or not? But the truth is you're God's workmanship. You're his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. That he has a plan for you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. That's why you got to remind yourself of the truth. He said, take that weapon every day. And then after you get that, I need you to pull this next weapon out. I need you to get righteousness. And righteousness is not something you can provide for yourself. Right standing with God has been provided through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And what he's saying is if you don't take this weapon every day, number one, you're going to be judgmental because you're going to think you got yourself where you're at today. And you won't see other people who are struggling in things the way that God sees you. So you need to know that the grace you've received is the grace you have to extend. And you got to know that you are only made right with God. There should be more amens than that. You are only made right with God but through what Jesus did. He said every morning you need to take that weapon because your boss is going to make you mad this week. Oh, she said, yes, he will. But when he makes you mad, are you got Christ's representative on the earth? Or did you forget to put on the weapon of righteousness today that reminds you of where you used to be? And he said, but, but okay, after you get truth and righteousness, I need you to be strapped up with peace. And it's the peace that passes all. See, see, this ain't the peace that everything has to make sense. It's the peace that I know that if a storm is coming, I have a God that sleeps through storms walking with me. Like, why am I freaking out right now? Like, every week on drown. And Jesus like, oh. this should be an eternal picture that when you walk with Jesus and you put on the peace of God. It, it, literally, one of the translations of his name, he is the Prince of Peace. And this is why, why are you saying this, Pastor Mike? Because I want you to know it practically. Your daily devotion life is more important to your life than anything you can do. More than the money you make, more than the cars you drive, more than the education you're getting. All of that stuff means nothing if you are not connecting to God and getting the well-made weapons he's already provided for you. And after you put on that peace, 
It says you need to you need to be strapped with faith. See, see, when you're when you're strapped with faith, you're armed and dangerous. See, because when you got faith to look at stuff, the Bible says in a different translation, the enemy tries to throw fiery darts at you. And the only thing that protects you is having the shield of faith. And that's why people like I'm just telling you, like, don't go into your everyday fight without your weapons. How dumb do you look running out to face all the crap that's waiting for you outside of your bedroom, sitting there with no armor on, no weapons, and then you get mad and blame God when you come back home? God, why you let this happen to me? You left all your armor sitting right here. You left all your weapons right here today. Well, I'm a grown man. I should be able to handle this. And now you're missing a limb emotionally. Because you will not put on the full armor of God. And after you get that faith, he said, I need you to make sure you remember your salvation. And, and I know people all this time, I'm just trying to stay saved, Pastor Mike. I'm just trying to stay saved. Like, no, that's not what we're talking about. Because once you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your, 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 your future is secure. The problem is most of us forget. We forget what we were saved from. Like you start living a better life for a while and then you forget what you used to do and who you used to be and what you used to smell like and who used to be in your DMs and the emails you used to send and, and how you used to judge people and how you. And so what happens is if you don't remember your salvation, it, it allows you not to see the people God's placed around you to reach. And he said, I didn't send you to this war so that it could be a selfish war. I sent you to this war of life so that you could win people to the kingdom of God. He said, I want you to come armed with salvation. And then he says, my favorite. He said, but throughout this whole thing, if you want to take it to a whole nother level. One of the translations in this thing says it's an, an indispensable weapon. It's called the word of God. Now, this shocks me even to today. I don't know why so many Christians, people who call themselves Christians, do not read their Bible. Like, like it's the only book that you can read that will read you. And, and I'm telling you, just opening your Facebook and reading your one friend Jack scripture that, you know, you know, the scripture guy who posts the scripture every day. Y'all know if you don't know him, it's you. But you. It's the scripture guy who posts the scripture and there's some butterflies in the background or like a meadow. That's not reading your word. <laughs> scripture guy. Like, that, what that's supposed to do is remind you to make time and make room. Because it says whatever you need, this is an ind indispensable power source. The, the, another translation calls it the sword of the spirit. Like you can literally read the word and it will charge you up to be able to run against enemies that never you've never seen before. And then it gives you one more secret weapon. Because I'm trying to make you armed and dangerous. It says prayer. Like the enemy loves for you to be so mad that you won't say nothing. He wants you to be so frustrated, flustered, and stressed that you won't open your weapon. But the Bible says when you start praying, it says pray hard and long. Pray, 
past yourself. Pray for your brothers and your sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that you won't fall behind and no one will drop out. It's saying, yo, if you want to be everything I've called you to be, and you use your practical tools, what's in your hand, and you use your spiritual tools that God has already made for you of truth and righteousness and peace and faith and, and salvation and God's word and prayer. You'll be able to walk up to any giant and talk to, oh, depression, what up? Oh, you, <laughs> oh, you thought you was going to come back here? And you thought you was going to ruin my life? This baby that lost his mind. This baby that lost his mind. I'm armed and dangerous. Today I'm encouraging some people. Don't get stuck at start because of what's in your hand right now. And then I got to encourage this other group of people. I know I should be done right here. But see, the crazy thing about it, there are people in this room who have reached this type of place in your life. It feels like you've gotten some crowns. It's, it feels like you've reached purpose. It feels like, man, I'm successful in this area. I've lived enough life or my family is good. And what happens is when you get to this place, the temptation is to never put this down, to pick up another weapon when God asks you to. See, the problem is that a lot of people get here and they stop listening to God because they reached whatever they prayed for. I made it. I got money in the bank. People know my name. My kids is out of the house. I'm good. And God said, would you be faithful enough if I called you back to use a weapon that you haven't used in a while? Would you go back to it? See, David has an impeccable track record until one moment. Where, where he had made it. He had used all of these weapons and it got him to the palace, to his purpose. And then look what the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 11. It said in the spring, at the time where people who are kings should go off to war. So it was a season where David was supposed to take off his crown and he was supposed to pick up his sword. He decided to let somebody else go and fight the battles for him that he was supposed to be leading. Pastor Mike, why are you saying this? Because out of everything that David did, this would be the thing that left the blemish on his purpose. Not because he wasn't gifted, not because he wasn't talented, not because of any other reason, except when God was telling him it's time to pick up a new weapon. Go back to the thing you used to do. Go serve that youth group. Well, I only speak on main stages. Go back and help that, that family member. Go back. He wouldn't do it. So write this point down. When you're marked, don't let the weapon you like keep you from the weapon you need. I, I'm telling you, the crown is a lot sexier. No blood. You can say, do that, and people do it. Wow. And this is where a lot of Christians hope that they get to a place where they can just call shots but never be in the action. 
And God said, when you walk with me, he said, I'll let you get to the crown place. But you always got to be ready to pick up the sword. See, because David didn't do this, he was chilling. And he looked out his window and he saw a naked woman named Bathsheba. And he was like, who is that? She's beautifully and wonderfully made. <laughs> and he became entangled with something he was never supposed to even see. Some of y'all are in relationships right now. You were never supposed to meet the person. But when God told you to go do something, you decided to keep with what was easy and what was sexy. And God said, now I'm going to have to take you through a process to, to restore you and rejuvenate you and heal you. And you weren't even supposed to be around them. Oh, I'm in your business. At the time you were supposed to be saving, you wanted to buy a house. And God said, there's a time and a season. Ecclesiastic 3, there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. I'm going to let you do what I've placed in your heart to do, but you can't do it on your own time and season. you got to wait on me. If I'm asking you to pick up a different weapon, know that I know what's up ahead. Pastor Mike, that sounds good, but okay. No, 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 no. I lived it. Most of you don't know this, but before I was a pastor, all I did was music. And I didn't have a wooden staff in a shepherd's field, but I had two wooden sticks called drumsticks. And for my whole life, since I was two years old, I played the drums. And it took me to a place where I thought I was going to be successful in that. I've been on world tours. I've, I made a lot of money. I produced music for people and all this other stuff. And then God came to me and he said, Michael, I want to give you another weapon. No, that don't make sense. I've spent my whole life perfecting this. 25 is too late to switch weapons. And I know God was like, <laughs> but I didn't see the future. All I saw is what I'd worked for. And God said, I'm going to allow you to build a studio and then you can't do anything in it for seven years. Now, that's just torture. And that's what he did. He said, put the drumsticks down, put the piano down, put the studio down. And I want to give you a new weapon. I'm going to teach you how to teach my word. That sucks. Because I'm not good at it already. It looks small right now. Nobody's listening. I got this group of young people. I don't even know if they saved or not. And you want me to spend my life working on this thing that I don't even see a future in? When I started speaking, I was still waiting for God to give me, okay, you obeyed me for three months. Go back to what's comfortable. But he said, no, 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 no. You got to know. That sometimes I'm going to ask you to leave what's comfortable to come to what's not so I can give you a weapon that changes everything in your life. Wow. For the past seven years, I've been studying the Bible, ripping off sermons from everybody, reading books. Oh, can I be honest? Because it's ugly when you're out here trying to do what God's told you to do. I'm reading books where I can't even pronounce half the words. I'm going and sitting down with people. See, God's not saying it's going to be easy. He said, but if you would trust me. God, why 
why are you telling me to do that? I can't even say these names in the Bible. Mephibosheth? Mephibosheth? Who puts that many consonants in a name? But this, but this last week I spoke on probably the biggest platform in the Christian church right now. And I stood up there with only my personality and a big mouth filled with the word of God. I'm trying to help somebody right now. I used what was in my hands. I feel the presence of God in this place. If you would just look at what God has placed in your hands with your ability to cook and a family that will support you to step out in your dreams. With your ability to organize and a devoted spirit to do whatever God says. With your ability to write and a group of friends that'll get around you and help you. Like, don't despise the small beginnings. Because no matter If you're walking with a staff that looks useless for the battle or a sword, David didn't care which one he had. Because no matter if it was this or this, he would look at his giant and say, you forgot who I was. I'm armed and dangerous. Will somebody who's armed and dangerous and has faith to believe God, give God a shout of praise in this building. Oh, come on. Let's give God a shout of praise because we will do everything God's called us to do because we are marked by him. Standing all over this building. Hey! Some of y'all are going, this week, I need you to take that, that little fill in the blank and I need you to make room for God and I need you to pray start some worship music and ask God show me my gifts again the thing that I've been counting out show me what you're counting on and I want you to feel that thing and you need to remind yourself that you're armed and dangerous you don't need nothing else in a different season it'll come when you need it but everything you need is everything you have You just need to see it differently. I'm armed and dangerous. Father, I thank you. Come on, lifted hands all over this place. I thank you that I I delivered this word in the best way I knew how. And I hope to inspire, Father God, your people to move from the starting line and take what you've given them and they know it is enough. God, our insufficiencies are just room for your sufficiency. So I thank you, God, that you are moving people into a place of faith. That we will speak things that are not That we will stand and declare with what we have, what you've said in our hearts. And I thank you that everybody that's in this room and listening, that you are marked by God. And you will not be lied to another day. Let us put on every well-made weapon that God has provided for us. Let us walk in truth and righteousness and remember our salvation and have peace, Father God. And open the word of God and walk in prayer. Father God, let us do it every day so that we can take out every giant that's in front of us. We trust you, we believe you, and we have a new confession over our lives. We are armed and dangerous. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise. Oh, you can do better than that.